Hi, I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. And I'm Dr. Jose Lugo Santiago. Welcome to Leaders and Futures. Let us have a new kind of conversation, one about leading as futures emerge, are yet to happen, or plainly need to be reimagined. Someone has said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Although it's impossible to predict the future, one thing is certain, you must lead in it. It's time to think differently about leading. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Let's get started with today's discussion on leaders and futures. Hola, Lugo. We see each other again. Always good to see you, although it's electronic instead of next to each other. But you know what? My temperatures are in the 70s and yours are in the triple digits. I'm good where I am. Mm. Yeah, life is good. Life is good, even <laughs> over here. I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> Uh, but you see, I what I try to say is that I prefer this. Yeah, well, obviously, the uh, Texas mornings are always beautiful. Yeah, and uh, evenings, uh, evenings, although hot in the middle, it's kind of hot. And and you know what? Uh, that is how life is. It starts yeah. beautiful, right? It starts with a dream. Then you get into into the day, into the road. It gets mm -hmm. hot, right? And uh, and there's fire, and you're sweating. And then, but you you keep at it, and then at the end of the day, then you see the the sundown, the beautifulness, you know, the mountains, everything looks spectacular, and then you get at it again. You know, yeah. I mean, you you made it, right? Then you're like, yes, I made it, and and so I think when I see these things, yeah, it's hot, but it also reminds me about the 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 uh, the physics of of life. Yeah. Well, what you just described is what we left off uh, last week. Uh, with and wanted to talk about today, and that's your attitude. As I told you last week, you have one, and you said, I hope it's a good one. Well, evidently, at least today, it's a good one. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and one of the things about attitude, Lugo, that I've learned in the just couple of years that I've been on this earth is that you, you choose that, you know, you can choose to be pissed off first thing in the morning, or you can choose to, like you just said, accept what it is, enjoy the morning what one of the things that i really enjoy here in in colorado like i've said several times i live at 7500 feet like i live in a forest you've, you've been to the house and um, it's beautiful all day long you know one, uh, once in a while we get up to the 80s and 90s and that that makes it a little bit warm but the real beauty and you've helped me understand this a little bit is the serenity that snow brings you know, mm -hmm. you you uh, Texans are always saying, well, uh, yeah, but you got snow. Well, we deal with it. And the, the blessing for me is that now that I'm retired, retired, I don't got to work. I don't got to go to work. So I don't have to go clear clear the driveway or anything. I can just go out there and enjoy it in my snow boots or whatever. But uh, the serenity that comes from that is just gorgeous and beautiful. Uh, and I, you know, I'm an early bird, so I take my dogs out at three o'clock in the morning to go do their business. And what, when it's snowing, man, there's nothing like it. It's just like me and God uh, just hanging out. Uh, it's beautiful. But again, you can choose that. I have a friend uh, who's a, a pastor, uh, Chappy Watis. Maybe you remember him. We were in Germany together. But he uh, he once told me, in fact, we were sitting on a, uh, waiting to take a plane back from um, Bosnia to Germany when he says, Chief, you know, there are two types of people in this world. Those who get up in the morning and say, good morning, God. And those that get up in the morning and say, good God, morning, mm -hmm. same words, different attitude. So uh, so I, I'm glad you have a positive attitude today. So if that changes, I'll go up there and slap you upside the head. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may I may deserve it, right? At least it's gonna make me think. <laughs> you know, well, uh, in, in regards to attitude, uh, I, I remember <clears throat> when I was a uh, leadership school instructor, we had uh, Chief Pope used to come and and talk about uh, to the students, leadership students. Uh, the, the different cohorts and he used to say that uh, attitude is 100% of everything and he would take the numbers right and then met, you know they add the letters and he right. gives to 100 you know for, obviously I came out of aircraft maintenance and so I used to calibrate navigational systems in aircraft I used to do what the core VOR ILS tactical navigation systems you know where systems communicate where interrogate aircraft as they're flying so uh, in in the flight line and all of that stuff, and so we calibrated, we calibrated attitude, and uh, you know attitude gauges and stuff like that. And I looked through a a, a quick view in here to see what they talked about. Ad airplane attitude is based on relative positions of the nose and wings of the natural horizon. And so to look at the horizon, right, that's, that's when we talk um, attitude. I mean, it allows you the opportunity to understand, you know, what's your relative position to Earth. Uh, and yeah. it, I saw another one there. Uh, I used to calibrate this one. It's attitude indicators. And uh, a flight instrument that informs the pilot of the aircraft orientation relative to Earth's horizon and gives an immediate indication of the smallest orientation change. So people would bring this equipment to us. We were PML, Precision Measurement Equipment Laboratory, in, in most places called, and in the civilian world, it's called uh, TMDE Laboratories. It's a test measurement and diagnostic equipment laboratories. And so what we do there is we try to uh, look at, 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 the, at the indications, and we want to understand if this needs calibration. They bring it in because it needs to be maintained. So every so often it comes for calibration, right? So we take that and we measure uh, its indications against a national standard, right? So we have the, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. We maintain the standards for measurements. So when we say one inch, one inch is one inch. When we say, uh, you know, you know, some uh, altitude is, is so much barometer pressure, it is that. And so we measure that. And then once, uh, if if it's not according to the the align, uh, if it's not according to the pressure that we have, uh, that we had indicated, and uh, let's say we adjusted it to, let's say 60, and the indicator measures 55, we know that is off. And mm -hmm. so then we make any adjustments, right? So that attitude indicator matches the standard. Yeah. And then we certify it, right? And we say, okay, it's good to go. And now that is being put in the aircraft. And the aircraft, when it's flying, the aircraft can, can see you know, it's it has a point of reference that is true according to uh, what us humans in science have designed that standard to be, that zero reference. Right. And so the pilot is flying uh, confident that because he or she is using their instruments, right? Right. To to navigate with a ton of people, and and I thought, 
what a great metaphor, right, for us. When we're talking about attitude, that every so often we have to check ourselves, you know, got to check the our attitude indicator. Are, are we on track? And, and, but not just check it against anything. If you remember, I mentioned that I am checking it against the National Institute of Standards and Technology Standards, something, something we have what we call an absolute standard. Right. And the National Institute of Standards and Technology maintains those. And we here in, in PML, TMDE, we basically trace, we have what they call, uh, so we have a version of that standard, what is traceable, right? Every so often we have to send our standards to the, uh, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. So, so those standards can be compared. The standard that I am using, uh, it it's... It's equal to plus, you know, to to the standard plus or minus some variance, mm -hmm. and then I use it to calibrate, and I use that to help others. Yeah, right. Because because now I am calibrating every kind of standard, and when that standard, uh, I mean, every kind of instrument against that particular standard. So I gotta constantly ensure that uh, I am calibrated and yeah. there is traceability between the absolute standard and what I'm using and then and then every single indicator out there against my standard and so and so we got to find ourselves uh, people that uh, they have the you know the right visions we have to continuously be learning because uh, we had a we have to upgrade our the software of the mind to yeah. what is happening, continuously learning and seeking the truth so we can understand, I mean, how are we going to calibrate our own instruments so we can go throughout our, our day without crashing and right. really just re in achieving whatever altitude we need to be at because there are times that, that you need to climb very high. In other times, you just need to maintain a particular attitude uh, or altitude so so you can, you know, wither the winds and the storms and stuff like that until it is time to land. Right. Well, like the old saying goes, your attitude determines your altitude. You, that's, we're talking about that's, in, that's, in, that's aircraft. Yeah, in, <laughs> in, in aircraft, uh, in our uh, spiritual lives, in our uh, yeah. follower lives, our leadership lives. But but what what is the standard then, Google? You know, how, how can I? I don't know. Is a person the standard? Although, possibly, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe the standard in an organization is the quote leader, the person. And I'm going to say that the leader is not necessarily the person in charge. There are, you know, my perspective is that all effective leadership is informal because we used to teach, remember, informal, formal leadership, formal, what we call formal leadership to me is management because now you got a title and managers have titles and that's okay. We need that. But I think the real effective leaders, if you remember, weren't the ones with all of the, the stripes or all of the, the rank or all of the titles. They were that person who was a leader that we chose. For, for all of those reasons. And one of the reasons, uh, for many reasons, and many, one of them, I think, was attitude. You know, I remember Rudy. I don't remember his last name in high school. He was our leader. He was kind of a, uh, well, he, he would, if, he, if you didn't agree with them a lot of times, he would beat you up. I mean, literally beat you up. But I saw him several times. Talking about cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. I remember seeing him, uh, you know, because after school, you'd have the fights, you know. And um, 
he I remember him at least on two occasions beating up another kid, uh, giving him a bloody nose and all that. But as soon as that happened, as soon as he started bleeding and the the uh, uh, the the loser gave up, he'd go over with the handkerchief, give him his handkerchief, and take care of him. It's like I just beat you up. I just showed you who who is in charge and who's the leader, uh, but I still love you. And uh, and we all followed Rudy. We all followed him, man. You know, first, we, we didn't want to get beat up, so we didn't mess with him. But he was our leader because we chose him. But his attitude was such that, yeah, don't mess with me because I will beat you up. But you don't have to mess with me because I still care about you. You know, I, But, I don't know but then how, how is that a leader? How is the leader if, well, if the, you the, are intimidated? The, 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 like you said last episode, we chose him. So he had followers, which by definition made him a leader. Was he effective? I don't know. Uh, we can argue that. I mean, you know, we, like when I was at the Air Force Academy, we used to argue about the uh, leaders who did terrible things, but they were leaders by definition because they had followers. So, you know, we can get real uh, uh, mm -hmm. into it real deep. But in a, in a general sense, especially when we're talking about attitude, maybe the leader is the one that sets that uh, measure for what is good or not a good attitude i don't know things happen i know you know things that you're you're car, you have a blowout on the way to work uh snow you can't get there from here and all that kind of stuff those things can affect or influence they can influence your attitude and none of us would you know blame anyone for that i don't think uh, but still what's the standard you know when you walk in uh, we have a uh, AI may take over and we have this computer that we put on our heads and it measures whether our attitude is good or not. And if it's bad, we get zapped or something. I don't know. Mm, yeah. That was a movie. I saw that <laughs> some time ago. Yeah, it was just a movie like that. It? Yeah. Actually in this movie, I can't remember the name, but in this movie, uh, the humans got to create other humans. Right. And then this, uh, and they were, they were they were create they were machines that they were exactly like humans, but then the the uh, these humans humanoids or however you want to call it that I can't remember that it's been a while, but they take that person or or that let's say a robot like human or human like robot mm -hmm. will go into this chamber, and then it would uh, the this machine, right? This AI super machine uh, would interrogate the human because what they have found is that uh, actually, uh, like these robot, this human robots, they they some of them began to uh, move away from what they were supposed to do. So uh, the mission of this particular human who was a robot uh, was to find others like him who had deserted hmm. and who had changed and now did not want to do their primary mission and um and so but anyways it was he would sit down and the machine would look uh and, and would interrogate him and it would look at all his vital signs you know her brain activity and everything and, and and he could tell if this person was deviant or not and if he was deviant hmm. the person was arrested and it was put out of commission you know, you know, I think you're describing Deb, my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, she, is she listening? Uh, you know, she listens to this podcast. Uh, I hope okay. not. not this one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hope not. Okay. Keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and you know what's? It's not funny, really, if you think about it. But you know what you're describing may happen if it's not happening already. You know, uh, some machine uh, uh, can test whether we we're thinking, how we're thinking, and uh, and adjust. I guess. Uh, how we're thinking of the that's scary though that's scary but in the meantime you know we got people doing it or um mm -hmm. uh, supposedly but and you to know your question to your I'm original sorry. question to your original question yes, yes. as to as to you know it, should they be a standard is there a standard how do we develop this attitude that in and you mentioned the leader that well that's correct and when we look at uh studies that that had been done in culture uh, one of the things that uh, and, and this is kind of old, right? It was in the early 2000s and they did a study across executives and they noted, and one of the things that they mentioned was that uh, they said that only two out of 10 executives who would see the leader doing something wrong would speak out, right? And so then that means that everybody else would not say anything. They the leader has set the standard for what is acceptable in the organization. And that is the attitude, right? That is the attitude. And mm -hmm. so, so anybody who would say, do something that would be different, that person would feel like he's not part or her uh, part of the team. And so then therefore the person it begins to be there just because we have to pay the bills or something like that. And as soon as there is an opportunity, that person is going to leave. The attitude is that person is different than the one in the, in the ship, right. In the leadership right. or, uh, or the leader itself, uh, himself or herself. So I think that uh, there is truth in that and the, that the, uh, that the leader sets some kind of tone and bar and uh, as to what is acceptable and what is not acceptable and everybody in the organization either meet that bar or in most cases, if when the bar is really low, everybody else want to, uh, they want to expound uh, how that looks and things, if when the bar is low, things get lower. Yeah. But then also people have their own uh, choosing to do and they can decide to say, okay, this is not right. Or, uh, you know, since this is an issue of my views, my personal views, then I need to evaluate. I need to then understand what is my predisposition to react to these things that I see. And then I'll have to decide if I'm going to, you know, fly with a pack or the flock. Yeah. <laughs> that would right. be right. Or, or just, or not. Yeah. Well, and, and as a leader, if, if you're leading, and you know, there's a difference, but if you're, you're either the leader or you're leading people, my sense is the way to adjust that attitude, Lugo, is to care. You know, if you care about these people, like you said, it, you say it often, uh, we, we all need these people, all of us, the team, whatever term we need, we use uh, to get the job done. We can't do it alone. So to if you care as the quote leader, uh, people realize it. They understand it. You know, uh, Maxwell, John Maxwell said something about people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. My sense is people know how much you care. 
It doesn't take very mm -hmm. long. You know, they, they realize your attitude, whether it's good or bad, and then they're going to go with it, like, like you mm -hmm. just said. Now we're all caring. We're all kind. We all, uh, in, you know, people don't want to use the L word, but we all love each other. Well, when we get to that point, we're going to succeed because we're going to we're going to be humble and we're going to trust each other. Mm, yes, absolutely. So it, it's not it's not easy, but it's doable. And if you're going to lead, I think you know you have to be prepared for that. Uh, and again, and maybe we could talk about this some other time. the The idea of leading is situational. Back to back, back to Blanchard. Sometimes I'm leading. Sometimes you're leading. I mean, even in our discussion here, sometimes you're leading the discussion. I'm sometimes I'm leading, and that's okay. Uh, uh, we can adjust there. So, uh, well, we're run, running out of time. Let me tell our, our audience out there uh, that if you are looking for an attitude adjustment, mm -hmm. attitude adjustment, <laughs> just give us a call or send us an email, and uh, we will help you adjust your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to change the way we think about the future, the way we think about our teams, the way we think about ourselves so we can be better. That's right. That's all. That's what it's, and I call it air power, H-E-I-R power. Lugo, I got to go. We'll see you next week. All righty. Take care, Chief. We'll see you. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope today's topic connected with you and helped you reflect on the work leaders do to get out of a narrow focus on one future and into a broader range of possible alternatives. If you'd like to connect with us, find us at leadersandfutures.com. And if you would like to learn more about leadership and future studies, we have several programs to help you at the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Until next time, be great. <laughs>